Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Stand Up Taller podcast with Neil Berliner and Al Martin. Hey, everybody. Al Martin back with my co-host, Neil Berliner. Hey, Al. How's it going, everybody? Very, very good. Very excited. My favorite time of the year for about 15 minutes till I'm sick of my relatives is Thanksgiving uh, coming up. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, some crappy, I guess, Detroit Lions football. Can't they come up with a better team than the Lions? Every year it's them. I Nobody cares about Detroit. I don't think their fans care about them. What do we they don't even have water bottles there, those poor people in Flint. My God. Yeah, people say tradition. This is a horrible tradition. Exactly, exactly. The thing that bugs me about Thanksgiving is that most families, uh, tell me if this is true of your family. Most families have this goofy guy, like a real loser, some old guy. He's like, you know, high school dropout. But on Thanksgiving, he becomes an expert on chemical engineering. He sits there and says, you know, that tryptophan affects the brain. And the turkey and tryptophan is the reason you get tired. You know, you get you, the brain receptors. They all get light, lit, lit up by tryptophan. He, he becomes Madame Curie, this, this loser. It's incredible. <laughs> Well, who's the uh, who's this goofy person in your family, Neil? Me. Who else? Me. <laughs> yeah. I guess they would nominate me now. I've somehow gone from the cool kid, you know, being a pain in the ass to the uh, goofy old uh, patriarch, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we all get there, hopefully, right? Not really, hopefully, but yeah, we get there. Well, what's the alternative? My God, you're better off getting there than not, right? Yeah, so we had some great reaction to our show last week. Um, a lot of people uh, really enjoyed uh, the various guests we had. Uh, and uh, I think, though, from it, I think I've had my fill of politics for a while. And me I want too, to entertaining people. Oh, I, oh, listen, I got a bone to pick with you, Al. Last week, yeah. you said my office looked like a morgue. Oh, my <laughs> God. Now... You know, I have, I, I said, the hell with it. I'm going to my other office. I have two offices in my house, actually. So oh. this is my other office. But then I got <laughs> in here. I don't know if you can see it. I got into this office, and I got two pictures up there. One is David Bowie, and the other is Jimi Hendrix, and they're both dead. So I said, maybe Al's right. Maybe all my offices look like morgues. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I like this setup a lot better. It's it's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, like yeah this it. one looks good. Oh, speaking of music, by the way, do you hear that Taylor Swift's concert was shut down? The tickets were shut down by Ticketmaster. There were so many requests for tickets. I can't, yeah. I can't understand that. Interesting marketing concept to shut down sales when they're at record levels. Like incredible, right? I'm not does? a big Taylor Swift fan. I mean, I, actually, I like her fast songs. You know why? They end sooner. <laughs> I couldn't name one Taylor Swift no, song. Me too. Me too. It shows you how old we are. Just like my kids can't name a Sinatra song, you know? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we have a great guest today. A fantastic very, guest, actually. I'm very excited about this guest. I, I had him on a, on a previous podcast that uh, I used to host before. He's incredible. Um, a very funny guy. Uh, but let me just get to it. This week's guest is Jackie, the joke man, Motley. He had a great, he's had a great stand-up career, writing career, spent 40 years in, in the business, and uh, he had one of the most incredible runs as the head writer on the uh, Howard Stern Show. So 
let's let's give it up for um, Jackie, the joke man, Martling. All right. Ah, lo- ah. There we go. Hi, hi, kids. Hey, how hi, you doing, buddy? Hey, Al, how are you? Well, where now? Where where did we leave off? I think uh, Will Smith was an idiot for slapping Chris Rock. Is that where we left off? <laughs> yes, I love that Rodney Dangerfield in the background. That's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, <clears throat> I I always point this thing different depending on where the sun is because there's so many windows in here, and I had to turn the the thing this way, and I realized he wasn't in it, and I and I moved him because I I like him, you know. Uh, Haunting me over my shoulder, you know. Hey, you're all right, Jeff. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so far, there I pushed the button and it told the joke that he never bought from me that I wrote. It was great. It was like, it was a joke from uh, back to school. <clears throat> he said, I, I was so unpopular, I shared my locker with a mop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> it was a great joke. Great joke. I said, yeah. Jesus Christ. No wonder we you had know, a fight. I was well, I, funny. I, Oh, Jackie, I, I got to tell you something about it. You just reminded me of something. When I was 14, that was the first time I ever wrote a joke, and I wrote Rodney Dangerfield jokes. I typed them out on a typewriter on index cards, ran into Manhattan, you know, as a kid. And uh, he didn't buy in any of them, but he said to me, he's a tough customer, keep up, you know, keep it up in comedy. But one joke I liked that I thought he should have used was uh, I asked my wife to pick me up on 45th and Madison, and she brought a pooper scooper. But anyway, he didn't use that. But that that ain't bad. Now, what'd you go to Catch a Rising Star and hand them to no, him? No, I went to, I think it was Danger. I was 14, so it's about, I don't know, in the, 70, 50, in the early 70s. Was that Dangerfields yet? Oh, so you went, yeah. So you went right to Dangerfields. That's yeah, cool. I went right to Dangerfields. Yeah. I still yeah, have I that just, note from him. I just mailed them cold, you know. It was, uh, uh-huh. the way uh-huh. I hooked up with him was so weird because it was in the very beginning there were no comedy clubs or anything like that. And we were all scraping and doing whatever we could do. And I don't know if you know, Richie Minervini, do you know who that is? Oh, sure. Sure. So this is before we even started the show at cinnamon that developed into the East side comedy club. And I was me and my girlfriend were living at my grandmother's house after she passed away. And Richie would sometimes stay with us. So we wouldn't have to drive all the way out to Huntington. And one night he walked in and he said, Oh man, I went to danger fields tonight. And I went on and I, killed man and rodney told me i was so great and he loves me he's gonna use me on tv blah blah, blah. so of course i was so jealous i could i could have eaten a pillow <clears throat> so i took i took every joke that i was telling or that i knew and switched it into the rodney dangerfield you know like whatever yeah, the yeah. template you know yeah, yeah yeah and the guy had called me a couple of months ago <clears throat> from peru and told me this hysterical stupid joke and I wrote it down, and I had been using it, and I put it in there, okay? So Richie comes to my house again, and I say, and I typed all these jokes out, six pages. And I made a carbon copy for myself. I put them in an envelope, and Richie came in and said, man, do me a favor. Give these jokes to your friend Rodney. And he got all shy, and he said, oh, man. He said, I didn't get on stage the other night. He said, Rodney wasn't there. I didn't get on stage. I said, you son of a bitch. I did all this work. <laughs> he said, he said, this true story. He said, but I was there. And I swear to God, he pulled a matchbook out of his pocket that had the address, 1118 Second Avenue or First Avenue, whatever it is. And I already had the joke. So I just wrote Rodney Dangerfield, wrote the address and put it in the mail. <laughs> Why not? And two days later, the phone rings. And me and my girlfriend are sitting there having lunch at my grandmother's, and nobody had my grandmother's phone number. Everybody she knew was dead, and everybody in her family could have cared less. <laughs> and the phone rings. I'm like, geez, hello? Hello. 
I said, who is this? He says, Rodney. And I said, Rodney who? He said, oh, I knew you were fucking funny. You know, I knew. <laughs> well, and Lois goes, who is it? I said, it's Rodney Dangerfield. She says, come on, who is it, Rich? I said, it's, it's Rodney. He said, you know, some funny stuff here. The funny stuff here is two baggers, the funniest joke ever, you know? So, maybe <laughs> So I went and met him at Westbury and I still had a ponytail and torn blue jeans. And my girlfriend was 10 years younger and she was beautiful. And he was all blown away. What's with the, with the blue jeans, with the hair? What are you, she's beautiful. Hey, you want a piece of fruit? Hey, there's some hot stuff. What's it? Well, you, you look fucking horrible. She's nice, you know. <laughs> and he gave me money and did the jokes. And, you know, but <clears throat> what a character among characters, you know. Yeah, right. You know, that impression is fantastic. Did they ever ask you to do that impression on Stern? No, it's not a good impression. You know, not bad. Anybody, anybody that does Rodney sounds like Rodney until you hear Rodney. You know, the only, you know who had it really down? I don't know how far you guys go back to this guy named Danny Stone. He's dead now. And he wasn't a good comic, but he, mm-hmm. he, he had the exact same pipes as Rodney. I mean, when oh, he really? spoke, it was Rodney. And he, he was in, uh, he played the handsome driver. In, in maybe Ghostbusters, hey, you kids, get out of here or something. It was like unbelievable. <laughs> and he was so good that they actually, he did some voiceovers for commercials and they made him say, and that's the truth. Oh, my name's not Danny Stone. They made him correct that. Wow. So wow. It was really right. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's a long, I was probably in 1985 or something, but that was, that was a whole big deal. You know, that was, that was great. You know, and, you, and if you hung with him, you know, Bob Nelson does an incredible Rodney because he yeah, opened for him. And Dennis Blair used to open for him. So, you know, it's, it's just all you do, is you just take all the any energy and any positivity you have in your life. You just take it out and start talking. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know awesome. Rodney is one of those guys, no matter what he said, <clears throat> sounded funny. <laughs> you know? no, he was not a funny guy, even a little. And I went away with him for just two weeks, and I'm still pulling stories out of my ass that I can't believe. And when I went to pick up, I took his daughter and her friend to the airport, and we all flew down to Florida, and he flew down the next day. And when I went to pick up their luggage and stuff, we're walking out to the car. I said, I just want you to know that every time you open your mouth, I'm going to laugh because I have a party, you know? Because <laughs> it's true. It's just everything he said, and he wasn't never trying to be funny, but he, but he sounded like Rodney Dangerfield, you know, ah. just so funny, you know. And then, and, and the more depressed and the more upset he was, that you know, you have to stifle a laugh, you know, because everything got him upset. It was just, yeah, just yeah. A, such a character. But he he really was a a, a miserable. He, he he wasn't miserable to other people; just miserable to himself, you know. He you know. Yeah, I think he was a little frustrated that he sort of got a little later start <laughs> in his yeah. career. Yeah. Yeah, he, you know, he hit a lot of brick walls and, you know, did you have, there's a great, great book called, uh, the American comedians, the low lives and the drunks. Do you ever, the Chris, uh, Cliff Westeroff book, a a book about Rodney or it might've been written by Rodney. No, it's about, it's about the whole history of comedy from 1900 to like 1980. And it's so good. I've listened to it a hundred times. I was listening to it on the way home. I I went to Boston and back last night and, uh, Uh It's just so funny. And he had to change his name to Rodney Dangerfield to dodge his creditors. These guys, they they were such scammers. They would wear their service button and like they served in the war and go up and sell people's aluminum siding and their vets. So the people, you know, the people give them, you know, a couple thousand dollars to redo their 
their aluminum siding and they take the money and disappear. Oh. You know? God, you know, they, he was, so he changed his name to get <laughs> to not go to jail, not according to this book. But it's that's a that's a great story. You know, so he was doing stand up as a, under another name before he was Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, 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 hell. Well, his name is Jacob Cohen, was Jacob Cohen. He was, from he was from Babylon, and his father was a low-life vaudeville show business guy uh -huh. and was never around, and he changed his name to Jack Roy. And he oh, Jack Roy, I remember that, yes, yes. He was Jack Roy for so long. When I went with him to Las Vegas, when we got to the to the uh, Aladdin, he you know he passed out all of his music. You know he got the different charts for all the different guys in the band, and his charts still said Jack Roy. You know comics are so superstitious. You know I'm sure he didn't want to change it to Rodney Dane. You know he didn't want to right, you know, right. screw the deal. So yeah, like know. ball players, they don't want to. If they if they have a good game, they don't want to take their underwear off or whatever. Right. That you know everybody's crazy, and and you know, <laughs> I don't I don't think it's OCDC. I think it's just you know. It, it just everybody wants to make themselves a little more interesting, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I I always turn on all the lights the same way and put Rodney in the. You know, I do the same things when I do a stupid podcast, just because it feels like you're getting ready. You know. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any routine like right before you do stand up? Do you have listen to music or do you want to be alone or what? What do you do? I I just take a leak. That's all. Uh, I, okay. you know, <laughs> I got you know. I really don't have any anything like people. Oh, you want to be alone? Yeah, I want to be alone, but not because I got to do it. I just don't want to be with a group of people or a bunch uh -huh. of because you can't help but talk right, and right. get involved and yak yak yak. And you know, if you say something, it doesn't make them let you know. Just yeah, le yeah. Le you know, people say, "Hey, can we do autographs? Can we do this?" I say, after the show, I said, "You'll never get rid of me after the show. I'll stay for three hours, but before, right. you know, go away." You know? So when you and say then, take a leak, you mean before the show, not during, correct? Uh, lately, sometimes both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to ask, I've been really wondering about this for a long time, Jackie. Um, I'm a psychiatrist during the day, and I'm really interested in the fact that you have an incredible job. I know you don't, you didn't even tell me who the hell I'm looking at. Oh, come on. Who, I'm who rapping I? Granny's writer from the Stern Show. You remember okay, rapping no, Granny? You, you, no, who's the other five guys? Okay. I don't know. I think uh, people just get on this thing. We have our producer, Grant. And we have uh, Jason. Oh, all right, that's Grant. All right, that's Grant. Yeah, and, little, and and the, and 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 the little Jason. head, the little head in in the big screen. Is exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Mr. Marlowe. We make the head size in relation to how important you are to the show. So oh. your head's the biggest, Jackie. <laughs> well, your head that... is the biggest today. Yeah. But Jackie, I've been wondering about this for a long time. Eight you have you 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 fire <laughs> off more jokes <laughs> than anybody over. You know, you can do hours and hours. Your memory is incredible. Did you have a great memory when you were growing up in school? And also, I looked you up, and I saw that you're a mechanical engineer. So you're a I, very bright, educated guy. The You know, memory is so weird. And nobody knows anything. And, you know, the, the best example is when you're trying to think of something, and you can't think of something. And 20 minutes later, it pops into your mind. Right. How the hell does that work? I've always, you know, I... When I first heard a joke, I don't tell the whole story, but the first time I heard my cousin tell a dirty joke and a bunch of my friends laugh, that clicked. And I thought, wow, that's cool. And I remembered every joke I've ever heard or read since then, but not really, just a, a lot more than anyone else. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like the old Ronald Reagan. I don't have to beat the bear. I just have to be faster than you. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, 
And I just knew them all. And they always just always stuck with me. But I took French for four years in high school. And I swear to God, I can't say hello in French. Uh-huh. And it wasn't that I went. I mean, I didn't work hard in high school. Who did? But some of it should have stuck. And that just did not stick to me. You know, the greatest story is, you know, I was uh, with my uh, ex-wife, who's still my best friend, uh, for 20 years. And I would say, Nancy, uh, what's your mother's phone number? And she'd say, you know, 100 billion jokes and you can't remember the seven digits of my mother's (laughs) phone number. And I and I couldn't say, well, your mother's phone number won't get me laid. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't say that. But. uh, but they just stick, you know, and it's really fun. But but they slip through the cracks, you know, um, sometimes I get stuck with a joke. I know so well. And those stories go on and on, you know. But And now, plus being old, you know, somebody say, why did the chicken cross the road? And I go, I swear to God, I used to know that one. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> But I, I was on doing the Rascals Comedy Hours, hosting Rascals Comedy Hour. And I used to do Stump the Joke Man back in 1990. And a girl came on stage and asked me such a simple obvious jewish joke and and i i couldn't i said i and she told me and i'm like i can't believe i don't i didn't know that joke and she said i can't either because i stumped you with the same joke right on this stage two years ago (laughs) it was was, why do they bury jewish guys standing up you know so so the change won't fall out of their pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a stupid, innocent joke. But, you know, sometimes they just fall through. The, and then people come up and say, I know you heard them all. I know you heard them all. And I always say, tell me the joke. Because you never know when you're going to hear one you haven't heard before, even with the billions and billions. And to right. me, it's a, it's a party. If I hear a new joke, it's a party. And this one guy was at the Iridium in New York City with uh, Mark Hudson. and. We were in the green room when we came out after the show, and the place was still jammed. Billy J uh, from Billy J and the Dakotas was there, and Mark Hudson from the Hudson Brothers, and a bunch of celebrities. So the place stayed packed. And I came out, and I was trying to get out. And this guy grabs me and says, listen, I know you know every joke. I've been a fan for 40 years, but I just got to try one on you. And I was like, okay, listen, I listened to every joke. He told me a joke that's too dirty for my act, okay? Meaning, I, w- I don't like to do a joke that stays with somebody. Like, if it, I don't do Jesus jokes, not because I could care less about Jesus or any of that <laughs> horse crap. But if you tell a Jesus joke and all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, I get to get hit by lightning, you lose them and they don't hear the first words of the next joke. So I've lost them. So I say to hell with that. This joke is, a, is too icky and it stays with people and I lose them. So I don't use it in my act because it's too dirty. But. <laughs> Yeah. You could you could tell it on terrestrial radio, which yeah, I have time and again, and you could tell it to your five year old nephew. Uh-huh. Too dirty for my act, but you could tell it to your five year old nephew. Okay. Uh, hey Jackie. Oh, 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 hold on, I gotta tell you a joke. The lady yeah. calls the doctor. She says, Doc, I got diarrhea. Can I take a bath? And he says, If you got enough. <laughs> All right, Jackie. I got yeah. two joke man. I got two um stump the joke man things for you. I'm gonna oh, tell yeah. you the joke that I told you 20 years ago in Bayside in that place downstairs. I think it was I forget what it's called, Jimmy's Comedy Alley or something. Jimmy's like that. Oh, I love Jimmy's Comedy okay, okay, Alley. Okay, All right, so here's the joke I told you. We'll see how the memory holds up. Why did the pervert cross the road? You're gonna get this one. Because his dick was stuck in the chicken. That goes exactly. way over here. That goes exactly. way way. 
You know, they're gone. Jimmy's gone and Linda's gone too. Uh, her father and Linda, the beautiful Linda. Oh, I always wanted to do that. I never did. She, do you remember Linda? She was so beautiful. She worked, she worked for me for seven years. She's a great girl. Great she girl. Manager and booker of the Florida club for me when I had that. I miss her so. Yeah, she, uh, you know, she shook the heroin for a long time, but I guess the little tiniest bit, the tiniest taste, you're back in or something, you know. You know, Jackie, her father, when her father passed away, that was the exact, she was very close to her dad. And, you know, when her father passed away, that just sent her spiraling to where there was no coming back. I tried so many times. It was just yeah. Bail. All right, listen, I'm, I'm sorry I, I, we, I took a wrong turn on this. On this, That's but, okay. Uh, Let's get back on the funny stuff. She now, was here's great. the other thing. You had the greatest heckle of all time, in my opinion. Let's see if you can remember what you said to this asshole who, in the audience. Asshole said something, and then you said, um, listen, tell your mother to stop changing lipstick colors. Yeah, my dick is starting to look like a rainbow. You oh. got it. You got it. <laughs> Oh, I, I said that I said that on a, on a roast on uh, on the Channel Nine show, and no, uh -huh. I said it, I said it to Howard about his wife, and, <laughs> and everybody got mad. They got mad at me. I said it's a roast. Lighten up, Jesus Christ! You know his you first know, wife. That is his first wife. To that point, yeah. uh, with this whole nonsense with cancel culture and everybody being so offended, is it any in any way, shape, or form? Are you getting any? Letters or calls for people, or even at a show where people. No, nah, no, because I'm so backed up with the ones I've been getting for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I never pay. Listen, if I tell people every night, I told them last night. I said, if anybody looks at what I'm doing on stage and sees anything harmful or malicious, they're out of their mind. Helen Keller knows I'm fucking around, you know. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, you, <clears throat> I've tapered off like. Uh, like you can't say midget anymore, so I don't say that. I, my first album was Polak this, Polak that, and I had no idea that Polak was offensive and Polish at the time. You know, I, I guess the difference between saying the Italian guy and the Guinea or something like that. So you know, I go with what with what is acceptable. You know, I I've never uh, did the did the horrible words for black people or Jewish people, but I've always told Jewish jokes and black jokes, and I, I just do them. You know, I do much less now because I got so so many zillions. I got six CDs full of like eighty jokes each, and I don't I don't need them. But it's not right. for one. You know, it's like I, I, what I'm doing jokes. And I got a black couple in the audience. I look right at them when I tell black jokes. They go wild. You know, I never. I never alter my act, but I did one time and I'm still mad at myself and I'm mad at myself for doing it because I always tell the story. I was working at the club in Boca, the New York comedy club. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> what a great room, like 400 people. I packed them in when the Stern show was at a height. I mean, they were printing money and we're having so much fun. Did you know Don? Is he still around? Don Siegel. Don yeah. Siegel. I spoke to him the other day, Jackie. Uh, he's still around. <laughs> Yep. He's in Los Angeles. With is he still uh, yeah. with that girl? Yeah, Stephanie. Yes, because he uh, <laughs> he actually worked at Garvin's. Him and Harry Montecrusos were the owners yep. of Garvin's, 
And they're the ones that told me to send my albums to this guy, Howard Stern, that just got fired from Washington, D.C. So he, me and him have a, such a track record. But that club was so great. And uh, I was doing, I went up to do my act and sitting right in the front, I mean, right in, in a stage side was a midget couple. <clears throat> and I mean, <clears throat> they were tiny. And it looked like they just fell off a wedding cake. I'm not making a joke. <laughs> and they were sitting right there and their legs weren't even touching the floor, you know. And I had like a five or seven minute hunk on midgets in my act. that I just always did because unfortunately they're very funny. And for some reason, I just I just jumped over that section of my act because I didn't want people to think that I went extra heavy on them just because they were there, which wasn't the fact. The fact was, you know, I do X amount of Jewish jokes, X amount of, and I, they, I used to have them all clumped together, you know, and I just jumped over it for the first time, you know, and, uh, and they were great and they roared and, and I'm sure they would have peed their pants, you know. Let's get, a couple, it, let's get a couple of and midget jokes in. This is a cancel free zone, so you can say whatever you want. <laughs> so, uh, a midget goes in a whorehouse and goes upstairs with a girl and he pulls down his pants. He's got a two foot cock. And she says, can I touch it? He says, yeah, but no sucking. I used to be seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> I love the midget joke. Uh, you know, the, the dwarf joke, I'm sure you know it, but the dwarf joke is the very, that throws people. Um, the guy hits the car in front of him and the other driver gets out. It's a dwarf. And the dwarf walks around and he looks at the damage and he comes over the guy's window and he says, I'm not happy. The guy says, well, then which one are you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> which is just so, so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> my TikTok is TikTok.com slash at Jackie Martling. I'm not sure why it's set up like that, but it's TikTok.com slash at Jackie Martling. And if you're too dumb to remember that, I'm on Twitter as, as Jackie Martling. And I got all kinds of links. Then you come down to Palm Beach, to the Palm Beach Kennel Club. That's Friday, December 9th. We'll see you there. And then the next one is December 29th. That's on a Thursday, 8 p.m. at Uncle Vinny's in Point Pleasant Beach, New Jersey. 